0: What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the Boochcast. This week, we have a very special interview for you guys as we are delivering another classic episode that was pre-recorded. Uh, those of you that remember listening to the Boochcast from the uh, the SoundCloud days will remember this uh, particular review because some of these um, pay-per-view reviews that we do, some of them are fresh, out-the-box ones that we are just recently doing, and some of these that are on here are ones that were previously on SoundCloud but were condensed and crammed into a full episode that had many different other topics and segments inside of it. So what I decided to do here on Anchor or Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, whichever platform you're listening on, what I decided to do was take each of the good segments from those old episodes and put them on their own separate track. So that way I can get rid of the SoundCloud page and just have the platforms that we're on right now with all the good stuff now that we've kind of Formatted our show a little differently. And for those of you who are new to the Boochcast, what we do here on the Boochcast um, is I team up with uh, Gator Ricky Ross, and we do this thing that we do called classic pay per view reviews from WWE, WCW, and ECW and we get them from the perspective of two people who are not only fans of the business but also work in the business Gator is a wrestler, and manager I'm a commentator, ring announcer you know we do a lot of work inside the wrestling business and the pay per view we're checking out this week is WCW Bash at the Beach 1996 and this is the third annual Bash at the Beach which was at uh, Daytona Beach, Florida at the Ocean Center and we got the first match of the evening we'll talk about was uh, Rey Mysterio, back when he was Rey Mysterio Jr., then he later cut the Jr. out, versus Psychosis. Yeah. This was,
1: like, one of their classic ones. I mean, they always put on a lucha classic every time they work each other, so it's always
0: good. Very true. I mean, it's one of those, like, matches you see today, but back then it was more amazing because you didn't see that often. It was especially traction. It really was, you know. Yeah. Like, nowadays, this type of wrestling is basically the norm, but back then it was kind of like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah,
1: in cool. 96, it was a whole different deal there.
0: Yeah, so back then you would actually get amazed when you could see people go that fast Because you only had a handful of those people on your show. It wasn't Ninety-nine percent of your roster. Yeah,
1: it, and it wasn't just bot monkey bullshit. Anyway, moving on.
0: Yes, and the next match we have is called the Carson City Silver Dollar Match, and it was uh, John Tenta, who most people know as uh, Earthquake, and he was Shark in the Dungeon of Doom, against Big Bubba, who was uh, Big f- Boss Man, the later. Big Boss Man. Yes, with Jimmy Hart, and they had a Carson City Silver Dollar Match. The hell is this
1: that?
0: Was it really was. Because...
1: Royally the shitty.
0: Okay, why was it the shitty? It just
1: there was no. It was two big motherfuckers beating the hell out of each other, and I've never been one for two big motherfuckers beating the hell out of each other. Like that's not my thing.
0: I mean, me personally, I can enjoy it if it's done right. But with this one, it just felt awkward, and the whole silver coins thing I thought was just stupid. It was one of those it, gimmicks that just made no sense.
1: It could be worse. Judy Bagwell could have been on a
0: lift. That's true, but it just weird because it looks like some Vince Russo bullshit. Anyway, it really does like you grab a, a sock full of coins they hit the guy in the head with it pins him one two three that's i mean i never understood those weapons on a pole matches it's like once the weapon comes down can anybody really use it pretty much you know
1: what, I never understood, Mr. Big what those judy back
0: wheels on a forklift matches that one at least made sense somebody was trying to go up there and grab judy i guess and I did judy with
1: the big booty anyway yes
0: But, uh, on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening, which, again, fucked up stipulation. A taped fist match... Diamond Dallas Page versus Jim Duggan.
1: This was just—it made no sense. It did. I've never been a fan of the tape fist match. What does it do? There is nothing unless you're gonna fucking bleed, which you couldn't do back then. Then you know it don't do shit. It just makes you look like a dumbass.
0: It's like basically you walk out to the ring with like your fist taped up <laughs> and you fight, or you wrap tape around your fist. I don't know how the fuck it works, but it was just the whole thing it was, was dumb. Supposed to be that
1: they could punch each other legitimately. Like, without the open hand? Yeah, basically. That's where the whole idea from this came from. But it never fucking went anywhere. It was pussyfied. It just. It works only if you can bleed.
0: Yeah, I can see that. I have
1: been in one of these. But when I was in the one, I bladed.
0: Makes sense.
1: Because it makes sense. If somebody's fucking hitting you for real, you're going to fucking bleed.
0: Yeah. And I think that's and, like the more logical me.
1: And we actually threw bombs at each other to make it look believable. Bombs? Legitimate
0: punches. Okay, yeah. You gotta, dude, you gotta, you gotta remember to explain this stuff for the listeners.
1: Oh, we fucking racked each other.
0: Yeah, so at least you guys made it believable. This wasn't believable at all. In fact, it's like DDP won the match and that like, they forgot he a tape fist. So Doug is <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he just tapes his fist and punches DDP. I'm like, that's anticlimactic and stupid. Yeah, it's like many sex life. Anyway, moving on. Fuck you.
1: And on I, that. I, I can't help you. I ain't got no pussy.
0: It's okay. Dude, I am skills in the bedroom. So anyway, have you, have you fucked a midget? No. Then shut the fuck up. Alright, so now we have a double dog collar match. oh god. The Nasty Boys versus the Public Enemy.
1: Moving
0: on. What? Why are we moving on?
1: Shitty. Shitty moving on.
0: Wait, you thought the dog collar match was the shitty? Yep,
1: shitty moving on.
0: Why was it the shitty?
1: Shitty moving
0: on. Answer the question.
1: Okay, well, because I thought it was really wrong to have a Jew in chains.
0: Who is the Jew in chains?
1: You know Rocco
0: Rock's Jewish, right? No, I didn't yeah, until I mean, just this moment. It
1: was it was wrong to have a Jew in chains. I mean, it gave him flashback to a different time.
0: Yeah, in Egypt, where he wasn't even alive yet. So No. He... You
1: know, there once was a camp. No!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never mind! Never mind. But his people wore straight pajamas. Never mind! What the fuck is
1: going on here? Oh my god, there is. I see an ambulance! What? There is an ambulance I'm driving.
0: Oh shit. There
1: is an ambulance. I
0: don't know what to do. And here's the weirdest thing though was that because obviously there because was a public enemy, there were tables in this match well, and of course there's public enemy. But I, I, here's the thing I think is weird, and maybe it's just me, but okay. do you ever get the feeling that when you see tables in WCW, does it just feel wrong? Yes,
1: very.
0: Like, in WWE, it made sense when the Dudley showed up. Okay. In ECW, I understood it. But WCW, when I see tables, there's just a weird vibe about it.
1: You know, when I see tables, it makes me think of uh, the experiments they used
0: to do when they were at camp. No! <laughs> Stop!
1: What? I'm being... I'm, I'm, I ain't said nothing wrong. Cut that shit
0: out. So anyway... I know.
1: I ain't said nothing wrong, Mr. Buggirelli. You
0: were implying it. I
1: was not implying it. I was just telling you like you was. Alright. What did you think I was talking about? You ain't never been to camp and your uncle put you on a table?
0: No. My uncle never went to camp with me. <laughs> okay. Well, did you explain
1: it... There? <laughs>
0: About what happened
1: when they went on the table.
0: Nothing. Nobody ever went on the table. So anyway, um... No, no, he was swinging that smoky thing,
1: shaking it.
0: Thank you, Titus. So, anyway. I,
1: I, I, don't know what the smoky thing is
0: called. None of us do. So, anyway, after this crazy match, which I will admit, as far as a dog collar match goes, it was weird, but, you it know. It was weird because it was a tag match. Yeah, and the tables thing just, it feels weird in a WCW reign to have tables. It just feels yes,
1: awkward. Yes, it does, but it was the public enemy. Yes. You know, because, Mr. Reddit, when you're in chains, you can still be a public enemy.
0: Yes, you can. So, <laughs> next we have a... So next we have the singles match for the Cruiserweight Championship, Dean Malenko versus the Disco Inferno. Was my favorite. This is your favorite? Yes, I,
1: like,
0: I, well, I, I just love disco. I do too. I like disco Disco from. fever, disco
1: fever, disco
0: fever. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Disco I, fever. I love disco's music. I, no disco fever? Yeah, and then he has the stunner which he calls The Last Dance.
1: Hey, Last Dance, The
0: Last Dance. Yeah, you can't see it right now but I'm doing the disco. <laughs>
1: the last Dance, The Last Dance. She got the out of the way want woman
0: no, I'm No? No, I'm jamming out. I was listening.
1: no, we were I was getting it. No <laughs> not we know oh, how yeah, to I, do it I, I love that song Tragedy When you don't know why <laughs> It's raining man. Hallelujah It's raining men Don't they to rain man
0: Hallelujah Rain man I'm gonna find out Heavy metal version Ow. Yeah So yeah Big fan of this going oh, for Oh my her. god police man. There's a police man.
1: There
0: what, is a police man. What's the police man doing? Nothing. I'm driving like I stole it. Okay. So, anyway, what I love about oh, this... Oh, there was a
1: bunch of
0: night that got into a fight on the org, in the
1: yard. Oh, shit. So, anyway, um... <laughs> they're punching each other.
0: Oh, God. Okay.
1: Go, T.I., go.
0: Yeah, rubber band man. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway Yeah, anyway, moving on. So we got... What I love about this match is that it's for the Cruiserweight Championship, yet there's a lot more technical stuff than flying stuff.
1: Because Dino Malenko...
0: It was weird. Like, the Rey Mysterio psychosis match felt more like a Cruiserweight than this one did.
1: Because Dean Malenko...
0: What he don't do that high fly shit?
1: No, Dimolingo doesn't do much high fly shit.
0: Makes sense. I don't think Disco He, he
1: never did. He's, been, he's probably the most technical of all the
0: cruiserweights. Yeah, I, I think Disco's kind of the same way. I don't see him doing a lot of high flying stuff either.
1: Yes, but it could be worse. Though you could be um, you know, he's also did you
0: so. Oh god. Yeah, and on I that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have uh, Steve McMichael with Queen Deborah taking hey, on. the you
1: know, guess what? What? It's my girl!
0: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Mungo! Yes. It's hanging on Joe Gomez. Mungo! Yes, Mungo. What? No, that's who it was. I know.
1: Okay, there's a callback to another previous episode. It
0: was back when Gator was a little drunk, so... Uh,
1: Yes, yes. Mungo! Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. <laughs> you don't like Mongo? I like Mongo, I just want to get to the match. Oh, go ahead. So, yeah, and this was, um, I feel like this match was just there. It was a
1: placeholder. We just had all that Cruiserweight technical goodness, and this was just fucking there.
0: Yeah, and then M- McMichael wins with the Tombstone Piledriver, which is... Yeah, he used to do that. Yeah, it, was, it always feels weird when I see other people doing a Tombstone Piledriver that aren't Kane or Undertaker. Uh...
1: Or Just Incredible for me, because I've seen him do it a many
0: times. Yeah, I've seen Just Incredible do it too, and it's creepy. I've for taken me.
1: one from him, it fucking sucks.
0: Yeah, does he even do it right?
1: Oh, he does it right, he just fucking
0: sucks. Yeah, because he like curves and jumps around with it. Because Mongo!
1: Yeah, so anyway, uh, Mongo. Hey,
0: guess what? You wanna know something
1: about Mongo? What? Not a Jew. Thank you,
0: Adam Sandler. Steve McMichael, not a Jew. So grab your Mononica. No! 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 Smoke your yes, the medical chronica. So your medical chronica. So next we have Thank you. The so next so the next match we have is uh for the United States championship, it's Ric Flair with Miss Elizabeth and woman against Conan. I did. I don't even fucking know what this was. It was basically, um... It was something. It was Ric Flair winning a mid-card title, which I didn't think was possible back then. It was. And it was just him being the dirtiest player in the game while Conan showed off his strength. Yeah that was about it that was about it and then of course Miss Elizabeth distracting the referee and woman hitting Conan in the face with her shoe it was just weird and yes. on that note we move on to oh you
1: wanna know something about Conan Mr. Bidrani what's that also not a Jew
0: yes also not a Jew but oh, yeah, Mexican yes because Mexican. his skin. Yes,
1: skin is tan yes his skin is tan ta da
0: Arriba la, Viva la Rasa.
1: Viva that, that means long live your Rasa.
0: Yes. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We have a tag team match. The Giant and the Taskmaster versus Arn Anderson and Chris Benoit. The Shitty moving on. It was the Shitty? The
1: Shitty moving on. Why was it the Shitty? It was the Shitty.
0: Why was it the shitty?
1: It was just all over the place.
0: Yes, Gator. You have to explain to people why they, it's the they, shitty. They,
1: well, Kevin Sullivan ran in there like they were a bunch of fucking rats.
0: <laughs> it, was like, it was like they distracted the giant so they could double team the taskmaster. And, le- and then he left the ring
1: and he left his dip cup. I was like, whoa,
0: motherfucker. Yeah, he did leave his dip cup. <laughs> he left it my fucking car is where he left it. <laughs>
1: If you watch the end of that match, somebody throws a fucking cup in the ring. That's why that's
0: funny. Anyway, <laughs> I had that in my notes. I was like, Kevin Sullivan leaves his dip cup. Because <laughs> <laughs> he does. He never picks up after himself. No, but he's a legend. So whatever. He is a legend. Anyway, yeah. He's a legend.
1: He's a legend. Don't be Leo Rush. Anyway. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm not being Leo Rush. I'm just telling a story. Man. Don't be fucking up. Don't be fucking up. I don't fuck up. You say. Yeah, I know. Anyway, moving on. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. Okay, this children, this has
1: been shit, got crazy.
0: Yes, the Outsiders versus Randy Savage, Sting, and Lex Luger. The hostile takeover match. Okay, well, they win, and then Randy Savage gets beat up by Hulk Hogan. Everybody thought Hulk Hogan was coming
1: out to save him, but, but no, Hulk Hogan turned heel, and all the children started crying.
0: It really did. This was a big deal back in the day. Yeah, like, Hogan turning heel was like... It, the worst thing that people could have ever thought. No one ever thought Hogan would be the bad guy and it made such an impact. Like him as a bad guy, it gave him like the resurgence for his career because it was kind of going down a little bit. But when he turned heel, it shot him right back up to the top and he played that role so well. And he had Hall and Nash with him. Like that was like the perfect trio of wrestling right there. Yish. And of course, um, you know, the moment where like Sting hits the Stinger splash, but Luger gets caught in it and ends up getting hurt and then it's just down to Savage and Sting, just trying to fight off the outsiders and then again the shocker when Hogan comes down and a lot of people think that uh Bobby Heenan fucked it up. Do you think that's true?
1: Um. Not really. I mean, I can see both sides
0: to it. Like, people were saying, like, whose side is he on? Like, people thought that was giving away the ending. Oh, yeah, that makes But here's what I think. I can see the other side's point, but here's why I disagree with it. Bobby Heenan has said so much outlandish, stupid shit about Hogan during his time in WCW, everybody thought it was just another Bobby Heenan moronic statement. Because I've learned that from watching a lot of these classic WCW pay-per-views, and I'm not saying anything bad about Bobby Heenan, the character. Bobby Heenan's incredible personality. I'm not saying he's not. I'm just talking about the way he, the character he's portraying. He always said dumb conspiracy theory shit in his commentary. I've noticed that with every WCW show I have been watching. So, it's not outside the realm of possibility for him to say something dumb like that. Because every time Bobby Heenan comes up with ridiculous conspiracy theory, you're like, alright this guy's an idiot. Then this happens and you go, holy crap. So, I don't think that he gave anything away. But I remember Hogan giving that promo and just being the passion, him completely turning his back on the fans and everything and totally revitalizing his character i mean this was a true moment in history that shocked everyone no one in a billion years expected hulk hogan at this time to turn heel it was unheard of it was unfathomable and for him to be revealed as the third guy shocked everybody it truly did And it's weird because in moments like that with Wrestling Today, you don't get shocked very often if you're an analyst like myself, or Gator, or Zach, or Desmond, or Elvis, or John. Things like this in Wrestling Today don't really shock us. We can see it coming a mile away. But back then, it was hard to shock people, and it was amazing what had happened, and... It was, it was hard to read wrestling back then, unless, again, you were deep inside the business, which, in 1996, I was not. I was shocked when Hogan turned heel, and he completely reinvented himself because he became the exact opposite of who he was for years. Instead of the training and the prayers and the vitamins, he was all about, you know, doing it for the money, making, you know, winning the world title, doing whatever it takes to get things done, making fun of everybody, getting his heat. He was so good at it. He became so good at it that eventually he became popular again. And he was able to eventually... Turn good later on, which we'll obviously talk about in later reviews. But this was a moment in wrestling history that changed history. Because yeah, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash making the jump was a big deal. And obviously, Scott Hall, God rest his soul, was a major juggernaut in making that happen. And obviously, Kevin Nash coming over was a big deal as well. But what really culminated the whole thing was Hogan being the third guy. Hogan turning heel, something you did not expect, and forming the NWO with Hall and Nash. And they truly changed wrestling, and they truly deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, both as the NWO faction and individually. And I'm so glad all three of them got those accolades, especially before they passed away. And obviously, by day, I mean, you know, obviously Scott Hall has passed away. But at the time that we're recording this, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan are still alive. But they got to go in before they pass away. Because obviously, you know, that day's going to come. But hopefully, that day is uh, later rather than sooner. I hope I'm saying that correctly. that, ladies and gentlemen, will conclude this review of WCW Bash at the Beach 1996. Had 8,300 seats, people in attendance. Uh, The tagline was, this is no day at the beach, catch the big one. And of course, the referees were Randy Eller, Jimmy Jett, and Nick Patrick. Uh, The ring announcers were, of course, David Penzer and Michael Buffer for the main event. Uh, They had Lee Marshall and Mean Gene Okerlund doing the interviews. And of course, on commentary, we had Bobby the Brain Heenan, Dusty Rhodes, Tony Schiavone, and Mike Tanay all doing a hell of a job at the broadcast table. So, like I said, this was a very, very great, great pay-per-view and one of the most historic pay-per-views in pro wrestling history. And on that note, uh, we'll wrap up this show for this week. Uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash TheBoochCast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TheBoochCast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Check out our YouTube channel, The Boochcast YouTube channel for all the video content that we have. That's all featured there on the YouTube channel. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when new content will be coming to the page. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, July the 30th for WWE SummerSlam. That's right. The big event, SummerSlam, taking place. We'll be doing a live watch party via Twitch. Now, one of two ways this watch party will be done. It'll either be done by myself and Buff Bagwell in Tampa, Florida, or it will be done here in Georgia with the rest of the Boochcast team, depending on whether or not I can make it happen or if they want to make it happen. We'll figure everything out and uh, get it out there to you guys. Hopefully, it'll be a a fun time, and uh, either way, you'll enjoy it. So make sure you join us Saturday, July 30th at 8 p.m. on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. Also, be on the lookout for our D&D show coming soon and our Boochcast booking battle where Elvis and I will compete in the My GM mode of WWE 2K22, putting a roster together to find out who is the better Booker Man. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We got three different levels you can donate at. The first level you can donate at is for 99 cents. Per month. Now this level is for people who want to help out the show but don't have a lot of money to spend. We know you guys are hardworking men and women out there. You got bills to pay and mouths to feed. So we would never ask you guys to break the bank or sacrifice a payment or feel guilt tripped or pressured into donating to this show. If all you can do is listen to the show and spread the links to everyone you know, you are still helping us out and you are still a great fan. But if you want to put a little skin in the game and help us out, the 99 cents level is for you. Why? Because only 99 cents. not that big a deal. It's not going to hurt your piggy bank that much. But it helps us out a great deal because every little bit, no matter how small, helps us keep this show thriving for the listeners. And, of course, we have the second level you can donate at, which is for $4.99 per month. This is if you got some extra spending cash. You want to go up a level. Uh, this is the same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock. So don't give them money. Give us money. we got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. That's right. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. I know ever since I sold to the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So take that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually take great pride and love our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of paying with a credit card or with Gpay. And the best part is all the money we raise through Anchor on this show goes back into the show in some capacity we use that to uh, upgrade our equipment we use to bring in bigger name guests pay our bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the bootcast a success so if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work anchor.fm slash the bootcast slash support is how you make that happen and then if there's any money left over when it's all said and done we use the rest of the money to feed Zach Scott ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well, I see by the clock on a wall it's time to bid you
1: one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell adieu and you be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax, relax. and eat. take care stay loose adieu volvia a la proche and goodbye till when we
0: meet again